Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials by Rochelle Ham Podcast. It is June 5th, so thanks for listening again, or if you're new, hello there. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of RochelleHamm.com and Marriage for Millennials, which is an outlet that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase, and what this pretty much means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I am not married. Um, Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with me after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, This is going to be posted on the site RochelleHam.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can um, also visit the Facebook page backslash MF Millennials. My Twitter and IG handle Every handle pretty much besides Facebook um, is Rochelle Ham, so feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is available on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. All you got to do is type in Marriage for Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it'll pop up. Uh, last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of things on the site um, from books to courses to products and a lot of cool good stuff. So feel free to check that out. Um, alrighty, let's jump in. Hey guys and a happy June to ya. Um, I hope you guys have been well. Um, before we jump in, before I jump in, I just wanted to briefly go over some changes um, that I'm sure you can hear have been made. Um, you know, usually I'm saying marriagemillennials.com, um, and I know you heard rochelleham.com. So first, the site has changed to rochelleham.com, uh, just simply because I wanted to be able to talk about more things um, and not be exclusive to the topic of marriage. Um, I still I want to talk about more things Christ wise that don't necessarily have to do with love or relationships and I also wanted to um, share other cool things um, just as um, you know me you know me want to be more well-rounded so I changed it to rochelleham.com however um, I do still own both domains and I will own both domains just for the sake of um, I guess for the sake of clarity for you. So I still own marriagemillennials.com, and if you type that in, it will redirect you to rochelleham.com. So you don't have to worry about anything. Nothing really changes for you. Just wanted to let you know um, the thought process behind the change. All right. Um, Also, I have added a closet. So some of my clothes that um, have only been worn once or so that are really, you know, cool, um, I have listed them on the site for of course a lower price and they're good stuff so you can feel free to check that out also I've um created some services so I'm now offering web design and a little graphic design for brides and small business owners so um feel free to check that out if you're interested and you can still email me at hello at marriagefamilios.com or you can also email me at hello at rochelleham.com whichever one works for you all right So today's topic for the podcast is sanctification takes time. And um, not only am I excited about this podcast, I'm excited, of course, I because I have my special guest with me again, my boo, Sam. 
What's going on, guys? Good to be back. <laughs> I mean, Sam doesn't know it yet, but we're going to turn this podcast into, like, a whole shebang with the two of us. But, you know. Oh, are we? He doesn't know that yet. Surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, um, we are back at it again. I always have a ton of fun when we do the podcast. We literally just, you know, kind of create some bullet points. But everything, for the most part, is um, from the top of the dome. So, um, it's really cool. We just You guys get to just see our personalities kind of play out. So, are you ready? Ready when you are. All right. So, um. Is there any, um, I guess, is there anything that you kind of want to say as an introduction in regards to sanctification taking time? Um, I think the questions that we have laid out kind of gradually lead the listener okay. into it. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go point by point and the message will come across very clear, I'm pretty sure. Okay. By the oh. end of it, we'll, we'll have hammered the, the message pretty Okay, cool. Um, so I guess if I had any introduction, I would just kind of say, um, you know, in your walk with Christ, there are plenty of times where we fall short. And um, there's a lot of pressure when we do do that. I know that we put on ourselves. And so, um, but I was talking to one of my friends and just kind of telling her something I was struggling with. And she always makes it a point even though she is one of the most, you know, amazing women to model after in regards to being a godly woman, she always makes sure to let me know that sanctification takes time. And then she's always there for me, um, you know, seeing me through that so that she can actually see when that time has passed and when that growth has taken place. And so I just kind of wanted to um, share what I've learned from her to my listeners. And yeah, so... Um, the first bullet point we have is um, being overwhelmed by Christian perfection. Yeah, <clears throat> being overwhelmed by Christian perfection. So, what is this really kind of trying to say? What, what it's saying is, a lot of the time, well, we live in the social media era, right? And it's not just, you see, there's a general level, which I think everybody can understand, whether you're a believer or not. On a general level, because we live in a social media era, the way that we feel about these things is that when we see what we see on social media, which is a lot of our interactions, because a lot of everybody has some type of internet capable, friendly device, and when you see these people, you're seeing the highlight reel, mm-hmm. and because you see the highlight reel, you think that after some time, this is their everyday lives, mm-hmm. and because you think that this is their everyday lives you get misconceptions on where you are at and where you're supposed to be. And sometimes you look at there and you start doing what is very common amongst human beings in general, the comparison game. Mm-hmm. Once you start comparing each other, yourself to one another, then you start saying, well, I need to be at this point, or I need to be at that point. Why are they so perfect? Why does it seem like they're always doing this? Or they're and not struggling with anything. They're not struggling with anything, right. Or, you know, it's funny because they have, they have like videos making fun of this on some of those like parody Christian sites where like it'll be like, um, are you the woman who um, goes to Starbucks and takes a picture, a fancy artsy picture of your Bible verse you mm-hmm. know, in front of everybody so that, and then and it, it, it's like, is it, a, is it for attention or is it for, because you actually 
do have the sanctification thing coming going down so well. Mm-hmm. Well, to us on social media, we don't see you necessarily in the Starbucks, but we do see how artsy and how every day there's a pattern of you always posting this Bible verse every morning or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And then what do we think? This person is in the VIP list. Like, oh yeah, when we get to heaven, oh, you Jesus, in VIP. <laughs> Jesus, they must be. You like, not in Gen Pop. You yeah. not in general population. Yeah. You you are in VIP. Um, if I could uh, add another perspective to that, though, um, I would say that a lot of the times, whether on social media or even in your local church, like. Um, I think that there is a transparency, and I say this to you all the time, you know that. There is a transparency in the church that is lacking. And meaning that, of course, you know, you're not supposed to share everything with everyone, but like, you know, the actual, like, idea of fellowship is not there. I feel like in churches we feel like fellowship is oh like you know we're gonna have a cookout come out to the cookout bring up bring a dish and we're fellowshipping and even though that is a way of fellowship I feel like when it comes to like real fellowship it's like you know having situations where you can come to your brother and say hey I'm struggling with this but everyone kind of does it like oh you know we come on Sundays we socialize and, you know, we socialize in the way that makes others feel like, yeah, life's good over here. How's your life? And they li- and he's like, yeah, mine's good over here, too. And everyone's life is just good. And then we go back to our respective families and we actually deal with our real lives, right. what's really going on. And so um, what happens is it makes people feel like, you know, once you become saved, all of the sin and all the struggles and all the temptation just goes away. And that's because of not only, you know, false doctrines that are being taught, but it's also of just a representation we see of that in other, you know, Christians or other Christian families. Yeah, there is a level of which um, many Christians still want anonymity. They, um, a lot of the times, there's a level to which especially when you're in the when you're in the uh, west and by west i mean like the european countries in general america being one of them mm-hmm. like we really really cherish our privacy yeah that's something that we love mm-hmm. it's not that way in these other countries in many of the other countries community is paramount mm-hmm. so they to a degree have a little bit of a better grasp on this than we do mm-hmm. in the sense that they're not going to act as though everything is okay at home if everything's not okay at home. Right. If everything's not okay at home, I'm going, sister such and such is going to her other sister to say, everything is not okay at home, I need y'all to pray for me. Right. Because if y'all don't pray for me, I might <laughs> lose my religion on my husband. You right. You know what I'm saying? Or I might lose my religion on my wife, whatever it might be. Right. And like, there's a, there, and so when we love our privacy so much, we get so, we like this anonymity. We like to be... You know, keep everybody at arm's length. You don't get to get into my private life. Only my homeboys or my homegirls, you know, from even, even it'll be homeboys, homegirls from before you as a Christian. Those people will be the ones that you want to give uh, privy information to, but you won't give that privy information to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is not necessarily the best thing because if we're really being true to our religion and what we believe as Christians, then our fellow believers in Christ are our closest brothers and sisters. Right. Right. And they should have priority over Absolutely. 
others. And so um, I find that what this does to not only others, but to me at times, like, you know, when you fall short, it makes you feel like, well, maybe you're not called to do what, like, you know, you feel like you're supposed to do. Like, for example, do you remember that Facebook, some somebody you follow, a preacher or something, or, or, or a social media gospel person, <laughs> was on Facebook Live, and he was basically saying that, like, even when you fall short, that doesn't mean that, like, the desires that God has put in your heart to further his kingdom, that doesn't mean that you're just... You know what I'm saying? Because it could easily make you want to be like, okay, well, yeah. I struggled in this, so you know what? If I was such a good leader, I wouldn't struggle in this, so let me just stop. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, fe- and I felt that way many times. And, and what happens is, um, you know, they always say that the, the two twins when it comes to uh, the Christian walk are trust and obey, right? So mm-hmm. um, the moment, though, that we fall short and we don't obey the first thing that comes into our minds is doubt. Are we actually a Christian? Yeah. Am I truly a believer? Like, right. why, why did I fall short this time? Right. And, you know, we have to be able to understand, I think it's in Romans 5 that it says that we stand in grace. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment that you're justified, the moment that you become a Christian, you stand in grace. And by that, it means that even when you do sin, this is probably going to go into our next point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even when you do sin, there is forgiveness there. Right. And it doesn't mean that every time that you sin, this is somehow proof that you're no longer saved. Right. Um, and then especially since, again, there is so much, you know, false doctrine, you know, like atheists and non-believers, they're ready to, like, call you out immediately. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. so as a result, you know especially in their community, you do one thing and they're just like, but aren't you a Christian doll? You know what I mean? Like, And so it makes people more afraid to fall short and to sin. But again, I mean, our Christianity literally would not make sense if we were perfect. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to serve a perfect God. You know, sometimes I w- I'll just give a word of caution. Like, if you're a believer and you do get called out about maybe some type of imperfection that you messed up on in the past of some sort, don't get defensive. Don't get defensive in that moment. Admit to whoever is accusing you of whatever it is that you... Take the bullet out of that gun. Admit it. Yeah. And tell them straight up, yeah, I did that. And guess what? I am sorry for whatever happened in regards to that and the, and the consequences of that. And I've already repented of that. But that's what that's, that's the issue of the difference between Christians... And versus unbelievers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we can go into that. Yeah, and so um, just, you know, again, I just think that that is, I guess, the struggle that we find, and I'm sure others find, um, you know, just having people there to pretty much make you feel as though you're not called to be here. Yeah, um, they did it to Jesus, too. Right, they did. And, um, like basically kind of like when they were like i mean but aren't you mary's son like you know right. like aren't you which is shade in itself because well, um you know back in the day they would call you by your father's name so like the fact that they called him by his mother's name wasn't a way them being sarcastic to him but that's just how it is like aren't you so and so don't you have this platform don't you have this blog who wow oh so you're gonna tell me i can't do this and this is this 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 mean what you know what i mean and yeah, it just and, and what that is is like for example every so when, whatever you say you're a christian mm-hmm. the automatic assumption is 
holier than thou, you're the best, you should be the most excellent at whatever it is you do, yeah. and blah, 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 right? And people put you on a pedestal yeah. more than you put yourself on one. Right, and then what happens is, is exactly what they did to Jesus. The only difference between Jesus and us is that his sanctification was already, like, he didn't have to be sanctified. He was he was all in and of himself. He was holy. So because he was holy, this was more of a slight. When they said, are you Mary's son? Mm-hmm. This is more slight. Like, yeah, we grew up with this kid. Like, he ain't yeah. nobody special. You it know wasn't necessarily due to sin. Right. But to us, what happens is, it's like, oh, I remember him back in college. He used to drink with us. He used to smoke with us. He used to do the X, Y, and Z with this or that person or whatever like that. And they'll make you think that therefore, in some way, shape, or form, there's no way that you could be a Christian. Right. And you have the right you have the right to be better. Like you have right. the, you have the right Can I to change your life for the better, <laughs> dude. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, you have the right. It's only only crazy people don't want to to do better. You have the right to want to make positive changes in your life that will um, just impact your quality of life. Right. So, yeah, man. um, That's where we're going to (laughs) start with our podcast. Um, So, you want to go ahead and... Yeah, so the other other point we wanted to talk about was there's no excuse. I mean, this is not an excuse to sin. So, typically when you're a Christian... um, Therefore, they like you said before, they, they put you on a pedestal. And then when you do fall short, oh, I'm sorry, because, because you're a Christian, you say to yourself, well, not all Christians are perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's in the Bible, right? In Romans chapter 7 in particular, Paul has a very, very candid moment with his, list, with his uh, readers. And he tells them, yeah, I sin sometimes. There's times I sin, and I do that, and that's wrong. But... It's not an excuse for me to go and do it just because I know that everybody's imperfect. Right. Or I know that all I got to do is repent and God's going to forgive me. Right. The person who counts on every, like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do my favorite pet sin mm-hmm. and I know God will forgive me. Yeah, you might want to check your heart on that. Yeah. You really do. Because what, one thing about believers is that we should no longer desire to do it. Right. We sh- and because we no longer desire to do that sin, it should prevent us from getting caught up in that. And the other thing, I remember my uh, one of my friends on Facebook actually talked about this. Shout out to uh, Gabriel Parker. He spelled, oh, drop that name. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, he specifically was talking about how you got to be prepared. Just bef- just like before you go to a, um, a football game, before you before you go perform at whatever sports event that you're going to perform at, you train. That's the guy, right? You train. That's the guy I was talking about on Facebook who went live. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think it was him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah Shout you, out to Gabriel. And, and you train before you go into these particular situations. So you should know how you're, how you're going to handle this if the event comes up that you know someone's going to be there that you know might tempt you to anger or might tempt you into sexual lust or might tempt you into drunkenness or whatever it might be. And all those different things you should be prepared for. Yeah. You should be prepared already. It's hard going. Though. Yeah, it is hard. It mm-hmm. is hard. That's why this thing's called sanctification. <laughs> I'm going to probably say this a couple times during this podcast. This is a class that you don't graduate from until you get to heaven. Yeah. You don't get your diploma until you make it to the end. So that's either till death comes or until what? 
the coming of Christ himself. Right. So it's not an excuse for any of us to go and say, well, God's so gracious that he's going to forgive everything. God's grace is not unlimited. Right. That's one thing people have to recognize. It is not unlimited. So I guess um, with that being said, I guess the question would be that I think listeners would have is, what's the difference in sin between a believer and a non-believer? If, if, if you know, if I'm a Christian and I, and I sin and then, you know, I'm telling other people or trying to bring other people to Christ who also sin, why do I need to come to your Christ if we both sin in any way? Right. So I like this particular question because you can address it from two sides. On one side, when it comes to sin, as I stated before, the Christian, we are slaves of righteousness. That's Mm -hmm. what the Bible says. We are slaves of the Lord. And therefore, we're no longer slaves to sin. So the desire, the inward desire is to be servants to God. However, for the unbeliever, the unbeliever also has conviction. Don't get me wrong. But the conviction that the unbeliever has is different from the conviction that the believer has. Why? Because when the believer is convicted about his sin, he knows who he sinned against paramount is God. Mm-hmm. However, when the unbeliever sins, he is going to try to remedy it. And by the way, the Bible says that unbelievers get convicted too. They just don't come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. But <clears throat> they get convicted because they are a law unto themselves. But... When the unbeliever sins, what happens is they want to fix it based off of whatever is God in their life. So it could be, for example, I'm going to stop drinking because I want my kids to not grow up the same way that maybe I grew up with a drunk father. Well, that's noble of you, but your kids are the God in that situation. Your kids are the reason why you're doing it. You're not doing it because you want to bring honor and glory to Christ. Mm. Which is why God says that all works of righteousness, unless you believe in his son, all your works of righteousness are polluted. They're filthy rags. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So I think that kind of helps us in regards to knowing like, okay, yeah, I might do this because I want to be faithful to my wife and I don't want my family to break up. Well, also, you want to do this because it brings honor and glory to God. Right. First and foremost, when David sinned, he came forward and said to God after he had got Uriah killed mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he took his wife. He came to God first and said, against you and you only have I sinned. That's the difference between the unbeliever and the believer when they sin. Gotcha. All right. Um, I think that was a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, you know, once you realize that, you know, this is not an excuse to sin, I guess now we kind of want to go into our the phase of this podcast where we talk about, okay, um, how do you get better? You know what I mean? Because you should, you, you should desire to get better in your sin and your struggles and things like that. 
Um, so how do you get better? Um, we came up with um, being in, just being intentional. Um, it's very easy to let life pass you by when you simply, you know, go through the motions. You just let the days pass. You don't really set um, a schedule for yourself, a strategy for yourself, and um, some time for you to develop yourself and just meditate on the word. Um, I personally find that when I go, like, periods without reading, you know, my Bible or just reading, you know, some type of book that brings me closer to Christ, my life just gets chaotic. Like, you know, not to say that God's not, you know, always in my heart, but, like, things are just like, I got to catch myself at times. I'm just like, whoa, 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 slow down. You know, like, Mm -hmm. get back to your you know your roots get back to where you were get back to your the the consistent um you know strategy you had um with yourself of being intentional um so yeah what do you have to say about that i think there's a there's a level to which we have to you know back in the day the puritans um they had a common saying where it was idle hands are for the devil idle hands are the devil's playground or the idle hands are for the devil's work i forget how it went Mm -hmm. But essentially what the saying was basically trying to communicate was that when you're not doing, up and doing for the Lord um, in whatever it might be, I mean, it could be cleaning a house. That's for the Lord. Whatever you do in life, it should be to his glory and to his, to his honor. But when you're not doing for him, sin, that's when sin creeps in. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that to say that... Um, you know, it's kind of like Israel back in the Old Testament. There are there are times in which you see Israel is supposed to go and conquer the land, and they don't conquer the land, and therefore because or they or they don't they don't go about it the exact way that G, that God told them to go about it, mm-hmm. and therefore there's like this toil, this back and forth between the Israelites and whatever ite army they were going after, and um, as opposed to them being victorious, and it is a picture of even our own sanctification. We're supposed to be finding whatever sin it is in our lives, seeking it out to stamp it out. Just as God kept throwing Israel back into one war after another to seek out that land and stamp out all of the foreign entities in it. Mm -hmm. And for us, that's how we're supposed to go to war. We're supposed to go to war with sin in our lives. So if you're addicted to porn, if you do have drunken issues, if you do have issues when it comes to violence or whatever it might be in your relationship, you have to go to war with it. You And this goes back to our first comment in regards to the anonymity in the church. Mm-hmm. You can't win this by yourself. In that matter of fact, God made you a communal creature. Right. You desire You're, that. Yeah, you need to connection. Do. But I know... With the way, like I said before, social media does a lot of this where it just makes us feel like we have to have this highlight reel. How can I come to my brother and my sister when they've been seeing my highlight reel and they think that I'm a perfect Christian? Or I've seen their highlight reel and think that they're going to look down on me. They're going to look down on me. Right. Right. So it just just kind of... it just kind of, you know, prolongs the cycle of nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But you got to be intentional. You have to say, okay, I'm going to study God's word. I'm going to read this chapter today. I'm going to wake up earlier because I desire to be more like Christ. And then before you know it, you know, you'll know it'll be in your heart. You'll know 
you know, what to do, what not to do, and then and then you'll sin less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, certain things will probably wipe out of your life completely, um, and then you'll, you know, struggle with something else or, you know, something of yeah. sort. Yeah. You'll, you'll always note that you'll never be um, as holy as God is. However, you will be progressing towards that. Um, and that road, like I said, you'll never graduate from it until you get to heaven. And, you know, sinners don't, um, they're not sin less, but they sin less. That's right. what they do as, right. over time. Right. So, um, four, we kind of touched on this uh, just a little bit, but I think we could probably elaborate just a little. Um, needing community. Um, so, surrounding yourself with people who are strong in your weak areas. Um, I think a great example of this are our friends in Alpharetta mm-hmm. um, that we hang out with a lot. And um, I feel like it, in this stage of our relationship, we have lustful times, but we don't struggle with lust like all the time, like every day. Like, we have lustful desires at times just because, I mean, if we really want to be honest, we've been dating for a while, a long time. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's time for us to go to the next level. Um, so that desire is is, is getting... Oh, the good. next level. Right. That, that desire is going, is, is definitely increasing. But it's we, bringing it back to our friends in Alpharetta, um... They were um, virgin until marriage. Mm-hmm. And every time we go over there, you know, because Alpharetta is such a far drive, and every time we go over there, we don't leave until, like, midnight. Sometimes we're tired, and we don't want to take the drive home. And they will let us sleep over. But Sam has to sleep on the couch, and I get to sleep in the bed because I'm a woman. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so they, you know, it's not like, oh, since you guys are dating... Um, you know, y'all sleep in the same bed. It's like, no, no, no. We don't we don't play that. So you have to get people around you that are strong in your weaker areas yeah. and that don't mind um, growing with you. But, yeah, did you want to yeah. touch on needing community at all? Yeah, I mean, um, in general, I, I, I think when... Uh, in psychology, they talk about this, right? Um, but they do it in a more worldly fashion. But the way they talk about it is comorbidity. And comorbidity is simply when you have two people that have the exact same weakness, they have the exact same character flaw, mm-hmm. and they get together. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's never good. If you're a drunk and you go and hang out with drunk people, they also have the exact same weakness as you do. And what happens is y'all feed off of other each other, mm-hmm. and then what happens? Both of y'all end up in worse of a place Right. Than where you even started. Um, That's but one for of the a more biblical I love way, about you. One of the biblical ways I look at it is the way Jesus said it. Can the blind lead the blind? They can't. They can't lead each other. And right. if the blind gonna lead the blind, then now on the other hand, when it comes to us, it's not for us to get all high and mighty because we're Christians. Mm-hmm. As I've always heard it said, um, Frank Turek is one of my favorite apologists. Um, and Frank Turek particularly says that I'm just a beggar showing another beggar where the food is. Yeah. 
and I need you, but but in order for us to all eat, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm humbling myself to let you know, like, hey, like, come here. This is the bread of life. This is the this is the 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 fountain that you know from which you drink and you never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And I think once we start to realize that the more that we bring people to Christ and the more that we commune with those people, God gets more glory out of that than out of damning people. Right. You know, like a lot of the times we think that because we're holier than thou, that therefore um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a degree to which we, we say to ourselves, oh, well, um, you know, since we're so holy and these people are not that holy, you know, even in our prayers, there are people that will pray. I, I, I say this probably because I come from a Nigerian background. Fire. You know exactly where I'm coming from. <laughs> we, just, we just watched the movie. We just watched the movie with our friend Alpharetta. When, um, it, it was a Nigerian movie. In, 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 in Nigerian culture, that's one thing that we do mm-hmm. is that they pray a lot. They do the imprecatory prayers where they, they pray that someone will die. They pray that lightning will come down and strike them. That fire will come down from heaven and just burn them to ashes. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way we go about that. God's wrath is glorious. However, God gets more glory out of salvation. Right. And we got to pray for our enemies so that those enemies can go from being enemies to being our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what makes community. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to make community. And we have to be intentional about that. Right. All right. So, um, five, extending grace to others. This is a big one for me. Because when I get around people who I feel like are more holy than me, I mean, we all have people like that. I'm just like, or when I'm, when I'm, whenever I'm in a situation that's not the best or like conflict, I'm just like, um, two things. I always like, I'm like, you know, just extend grace, like forgive, like, you know, you know, how I'm always like, whatever. But then I also have times where I'm the person who's just like, I don't want to let it go, and, like, I don't want to extend grace. And it's, like, you know, I've, especially with your guidance, to be honest, I've definitely changed my thinking at times. And now I say I've perfected it. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I've definitely changed my thinking just in regards to if sanctification takes time, and everyone is not on the same journey. We didn't all start the race at the same place. Or even if we did, some people may have slowed down. Some people may have, you know, stopped to get a drink of water. Mm. You get what I'm saying in regards to it, this is as an analogy for life. And so we're not all at the same place. So there are times where you've had to tell me, Rochelle, you might just be more mature than them. Accept that and show them the way. You right. know what I mean? And that's hard. Because when you're more mature than someone, more than likely that means that you're going to get hurt more. Because immature people hurt people. Man. And you don't want to be that person who extends grace, but you have to. And then it's even harder because, like, you know, you think about how much God has extended grace to you, but God is, like, in the air. You know? So you're kind of just like, (laughs) I get that you extended grace to me, God, but, like, this person is right here, like <laughs> right here. I mean, like it's it's really because well, first of all, you know, like you said, you as a Christian, you have to extend grace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I think uh, another guy I know, uh, Todd Friel. I'm dropping names all over this. Um, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Todd Friel recently talked about this, like in regards to uh, Kathy Griffin, right? Kathy Griffin went through the ringer recently. She said some very disparaging thing, or did some very disparaging things in regards to comments about Trump. And um and a dis, you know some type of artistic quote unquote artistic display in regards to Trump, and I mean, she beheaded she oh, well she didn't behead it but you know like she did the sim- symbolism of it and you know a lot of people weren't ready to forgive and even me myself I would say that there's a degree to which you can dissect her apology and maybe you might find it not to be as apologetic as you think it should be mm-hmm. but. In general, the concept is is that when someone has a genuine apology and they ask for forgiveness, we're commanded to forgive them. And we're I, commanded to throw it into the sea of forgetfulness and not bring it up. Because that's what, that's what forgive. By the way, forgiveness is choosing. You know, this sin happened... And while it was while it was wrong, and everything that everything that happened in regards to sin is wrong, I am choosing to leave it in the past. I'm not going to bring it up again. Yeah, I'm 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 choosing to give up my right to hurt you, even though you've hurt me, or right. like to judge, like to do eye for an to eye to condemn you. Yeah, pretty much. And so um, I think this is imperative when it comes to Christian conflict. Because I saw this on Facebook the other day, but and I just liked it. I didn't want to share it um, or whatever. And it said, everyone is a Christian until it's time to say I'm sorry. Or everyone is a Christian mm. until it's, it's time to ask for forgiveness. Mm. and uh, Or to give forgiveness. And so... Um, and so I think that that's so true, even with me. Like, you know, like, I can do that all the time, and I know other people who have done it all the time because it's not easy to just say, okay, I'm turning the other cheek when you're hurt. But um, I think I touched on this um, one time in a previous podcast. You've got to understand that there is a difference when you're dealing with someone who is a believer of Christ, like, you have to show them love. Love is long-suffering. Love is patient. That means that when you offend me or you hurt me, I need to be patient with you because sanctification takes time, what we're talking about. Love is long-suffering, meaning that when you offend me as my brother and sister in Christ, it endures all things. Who? Oh, my gosh. My friend's just, like, texting me. But anyway... But yeah, so I mean, it's, it's still on my Mac, so it's still gonna we still listen anyway. But like I was saying, yeah, um, it's 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 really hard to do, but it's imperative that that whole you know extending grace to others you because know, yeah, everybody's a Christian until it's time to drop the pride. Right, and then um, you know, there's also the aspect of kind of what I touched on before in regards to um, needing community, like. You have to, in some way, shape, or form, uh, stop saying to yourself, because really what you're mentally saying to yourself is that, oh, when I push the believer, when I push the, the, when I push the person who sinned against me into God's line of fire, and I'm saying, God, strike them down, God, you know, you're not extending grace in that moment, right? You're, 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 and what you are saying is that they deserve God's wrath, but I don't. 
Right. That's not true because every human being, every last one, deserves God's wrath. There's not one person who is innocent. I mean, David even goes as far as to say, in sin was I shaped, was I formed. I was formed in iniquity, right? So that means even from birth, there are sinful, there is sin in children all the way until they die into adulthood. Now, with that whole thing being said, Let's say, for example, an unbeliever, you know, sins against you, right? Because mm-hmm. with a believer, it's a little easier, right? No, it ain't. Uh, I would say a little easier in the sense that both of you are believers and in some way, shape, or form, <laughs> you're looking at me funny. Both of you are believers, though, in some way, shape, or form, you have a commonality of Christ. And there, let me finish, let me finish. Okay. And therefore... Because you have a commonality of Christ, in some way, shape, or form, you can come together and reconcile because there's a common ground there. But with unbelievers, on the other hand, where there is no common ground, okay, there has to be a degree to which you still look at yourself. Like I said before, as a beggar trying to show the other beggar where the food at. You cannot be praying these prayers that God bring wrath or that even even if you don't pray a prayer on, on someone else that's, that's so bad, if you go and try to exact revenge on somebody for something that they did to you, what you're essentially saying to God is, what you're going to do, God, on the last day of judgment, what you're going to do to this person, that's not enough. I have to add mine. Or like you're saying that this person may have even repented for what they've done. They may not have told me, but they may have repented to you. And you're also saying that their repentance to, to God is not enough. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You, you want to be God. At, right. In, in, essentially, in essentially. Essentially. Yeah. You, you, you're saying that God's wrath is not enough. You have to add your own wrath to it. God does not need your help in punishing anybody. Yeah. Period. That one is a tough one. Yeah. That is, that is one that, um, you know, I myself still struggle with. Um, and I think that with that being said, we can go to our sixth and final um, point. Um, just basically things in our lives that um, we want to sanctify. Now, of course, we're not going to give you all of them, but um, just a couple that we think will help you as well. So, um, go ahead. Well, I think I think personally, you know, I have um, my own issues where um, there are there are levels to which I get comfortable, and um, you know, I don't think that that's speaks too well of the Christian who's called to be diligent in all his work. And um, I do definitely pray daily for um, that God will keep my mind focused on my goals so that I can achieve them and, and finish them in timely manners. And um, I, thank, I thank him for improving me to the level that he has so far, but I still know I have a, lot, a long way to go. I also have the issue, of course, with, um, well, I don't know if a lot of guys have this issue or not, but I know personally for me, um, anger. Uh, if I get, I'm not an angry guy in general. Most people know me to be pretty cool tempered. Mm-hmm. But when I do get to that level, it's like, turn down for everything what? must go. I wipe my hands. <laughs> everything you, must go. Like we're done. So um, I, I do, I do pray that, you know, God really helps me in that area as well. Um, I would also say anger. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a nice person. I think everyone who gets to know me knows that. Uh, for me, like, it takes time, 
Um, I don't open myself up immediately to people. Um, but anyone who knows me would, for the, who knows me now, would be would say, you know, I'm 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 not bad. I'm not I'm not a bad gem, a bad person. And um, but when I get angry, um, or when I feel offended, I don't take it well. Um, I don't respond well. Um, and I definitely need to do better on that. The whole extending grace to others. Um, you know, not being so quick to want to cut people off or tear people out, out of my life or just tear them apart, um, especially when I sin, you know? Like, there are times when, you know, I may be in a situation and, you know, I just feel so convicted on the situation or how I act. I mean, I mean you know, there are times where I've, call, where I've called you and just cried, you know? Like, not because... Just because, you know, you're just so convicted on how you handled it as a Christian and you know that, like, you didn't do your best in this. Right. And so, um, that's one thing I want to work on, my anger. Um, I would also say, um, hmm, let me think. I would say my alcohol consumption. Um... I would say my alcohol consumption in regards to um, just making sure that although I can partake in, you know, alcoholic beverages, that I'm not going over the limit to the point where I'm sinning, you know? Okay. And so that's what I would, I you know, want to work on. Something else that I want to sanctify more in my life. Um, Also just being more consistent and being more, I guess, evangelical in regards to in my surroundings, like, um, actually leading other people to Christ. Um, you know what I mean? Just in an example in my life. And not only that, but actually, you know, speaking to people and, um, can I add that one to mine too? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you speak to people on Facebook in your own little radical way. Yeah. But I I think, I think I do need to do more reaching out though. Cause I don't know. When I think about that, I think about like, you know, when we get to heaven, that's one of the things that is going to be, <clears throat> we're going to be held accountable for. Mm. What work did you do for the kingdom? You know what I'm saying? Well, who did you help, who did you help bring to Christ? Who did you help, you know, um, in their journey and their walk, you know, and planting seeds and stuff like that. So I, I do want to definitely do that as well. Yep. Well, <laughs> um, I think that we did good. I think that we got a lot of information out. Yep. Um, and I definitely think that this can help. Um, you know, you listening to this. And another one. <laughs> we'll definitely be back um, with more content. Uh, the podcast will probably be a little bit more um, sporadic. They probably won't be every single week. Um, just because um, I want to make sure that we're talking about, you know, things of quality. Quality over quantity. And so, but, you know, we'll come back from time to time. I'll still be doing some on my own, and then I'll bring Sam in um, from time to time um, so that he can share his opinion. Um, well, um, that was fun. What'd you say? Definitely was fun. <laughs> I love hanging out with you guys from uh, Marriage for Millennials and Rochelle Ham. 
all of the fans. Um, I hope you will enjoy this podcast, and uh, we look forward to hearing your comments, critiques, and you know whatever it is you have to say. Um, we are definitely open, open-minded, and, and look forward to hearing those uh, those um, interactions with you guys. Alrighty. Well, that's all we have for you today, guys. Um, again, I just wanted to say that this is going to be posted on the site RochelleHam.com. So feel free to, you know, drop a post, comment or anything. Tell us how you felt about it. Tell us how you liked it. Ask us any questions you may have. Um, you can go on the Facebook page, MF Millennials, and talk about it there as well. And you'll be able to see some other cool stuff too. Um, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you don't miss a podcast. Marriage Millennials um, in the iTunes search bar is all you need. All right. Um, all right. Well, remember to be grateful for a second thing every day, the first thing being that you're alive. So um, I will chat. We will chat with you later. And um, hope to talk with you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey guys, just giving you a PSA, public service announcement. Just wanted to give some shout outs to the songs on this podcast. Um, The first one is Myron Butler, Set Me Free. That's my jam. It really is. And the second one that you're hearing right now is KB Drowning. So feel free to um, listen to the lyrics, love them as much as I do. And if you do, purchase them. Support your Christian artists. Alrighty guys, take care. Bye. Am I making people jealous? I know I ain't happy, I know. Never found joy, I can only find distractions. I'm jumping, kicking, catch me, I'm falling. Trying to make my way to the shore, but I'm calling now. I'ma be gone by the morning. I can feel the end coming down, don't let me drown. Come your